from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. C, senor. Friday, dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. Hey, everybody. Today, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. You're going to hate this general manager, Jack. It's one of my theme general managers. But do you know why you hate it? Because you love it so much. <laughs> you hate it because you know you love it and you don't want to love it. I've, I've so told, you hate it. I've told women that before. <laughs> Never worked our, out. Our general manager this morning, Entropy. Entropy? Lack of order or predictability, a gradual decline into disorder. The idea that the natural state of the universe is chaos, disorder. Isn't that uh, Newton's second law of thermodynamics? Something like that factors in. Uh, The idea being order, civilization, law and order. The ability to earn a living and live without fear is an amazing achievement. And those who would give it away, give it away stupidly. It actually applies to everything, really, like including a building. The natural state of all that stuff is rubble on the ground, and it will be there eventually. Right. The artificial state is crafting it into something you can right. use. And, uh, yeah, so and that's what we're doing with the world, I think, is, what, is where you're going with this. Indeed. I think we are heading into a period of disorder. So here's we, we will overcome, we will deal with it as humans have since the beginning of time. Here's the latest. So now we're saying there are 190,000, 190,000 troops, Russian troops on the borders of Ukraine. I saw the former supreme commander of NATO being interviewed a little while ago. I forget his name. There have been a number of them, but this guy's a uh, an American guy. And um he said that uh, Russia can only hold this posture for three or four weeks maximum before you start to we have entropy among your troops. I mean, you just can't can't be in that position before things start to come apart, whether equipment breaking down or morale or whatever. And also blood supplies are uh, quite perishable. So they'll moving all that blood in for battle. That, that doesn't yeah. last forever. So uh, he's got a uh, crap or get off the pot here uh, pretty soon. Putin. Fisher cut bait, another option uh, for an expression to use, but uh, go with what you feel is appropriate. <laughs> I wish uh, I could remember, when I went to Russia, yeah. well, the, really the only word I learned the entire time I was there was bathroom. I was trying to think of that while I was going through that sentence there, but I can't remember. It's a good it. start. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to learn Russian, start there. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> uh, do you mind if I ask why you're dressed like a burglar from a TV commercial? <laughs> um. Yeah. It, uh, it, uh, you run into danger of TMI, but I will tell you why I'm dressed as a burglar from a TV commercial. I am wearing a, a beanie on my head pulled down low because mm-hmm. I went to the doctor yesterday and had a whole bunch of possible cancerous things removed from me, and I look like a goblin. Ugh. So I'm Yikes. trying to cover as much as my body as possible so I do not frighten children. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So I had a whole bunch of uh, stuff done to me yesterday. Walked out yeah. of that place. Feeling like I was set on fire. <laughs> oh, golly. Oh, golly, gee. Yeah, oh, I've had man. a couple, but man, you're uh, you're really getting nicked well, up. I'm a blue-eyed guy who thought it would be a good idea to be really tan a lot when he was young, and I am paying the price at this point in my life. Oh, boy. My kids Word are learning. of the wise. My kids are learning a lesson, though. Well, the younger generation, as you know, 
constantly slathered in sunscreen. Uh, ass sunburn is seen as a real parent fail. Ass sunburn. Sure. Let alone uh, the way we grew up where you got sunburned all the time. It was just part of life. Sunburn to the point of like blistering and peeling was just like regular part of summer. Sure, sure. Uh, critical race theory in schools? Awful. Uh, masks on children? Idiotic, inexcusable. Lots of sunscreen and keeping them safe from sunburn? Step forward. Definitely a step in the right direction. There's no there's no arguing that that made us tougher or anything like that. No. Built no. character. No. Lots no. of radiation <laughs> penetrating your cells. It builds character. Many chances for skin cancer when you're older. Fantastic. Where was I on the whole rush? I think I had one more point on that. Let's see. 190, blood is perishable, entropy, discipline. So the former uh, NATO Supreme Commander said, uh, he puts the odds at this. Everybody's asking this question, and everybody's guessing. But he said there's a 25% chance Putin goes in and uh, does the worst. Tanks roll in, lands in Kiev, blows up some buildings, assassinates leaders, that whole thing, takes over the country. 25% chance. There's a 25% chance of uh, diplomacy, so nothing happens. And then the 50% chance is some sort of smallish move where he takes a chunk of the country. Um, there's some diplomacy after that. He gets to claim he won. We get to claim we avoided horror, horror which we did. And uh, that's that. So, And that sounds Except about for the right. inevitable I... deaths that will occur. Oh, but yeah. yeah. I oh, get yeah. it. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. People will die in that, but... Uh... So a little more gunpoint diplomacy in the style of snatching Crimea or invading Georgia back in the day. I saw, He's good at it. It's his, it's his signature move. I saw several interviews yesterday, the man-on-the-street interviews, that man-on-the-street interviews we've mocked forever because you can, you can find one man or woman and then build your story around their answer and act like they represent the population. Mm-hmm. And you don't have any ideas of viewer how representative the person is. But I saw a number of them yesterday where people on the street were worried. And the uh, journalists said the feeling has gone from, you know, kind of joking about it, disbelief, to, you know, a little more seriousness, but I don't think it's going to happen, to I'm afraid this is going to happen, and I'm scared. Several people I saw interviewed yesterday broke broke down crying. Wow. And uh, how would you freaking not? I was watching that with my son, and we were just talking about, can you imagine? We're so lucky to live in the United States where there is zero chance, zero, that tanks are going to run through my town in my lifetime. Zero. But a lot of the world, there's a decent chance all the time. And, you know, a modern-looking city like that, and this woman was talking about how in uh, the, the, the complex that she and her husband and kids live in, they're talking about going down into that basement, which is the supply room, if bombs start falling. Can you freaking imagine that? First-world country. Yep. It's horrible. You're, you know, you're, the buildings, the, the coffee shop you go to, the school and everything, just all of a sudden get exploding. Planes overhead, tanks, wondering what the hell's going to happen? Am I going to die now? How long will this last? Well, and the fact that there's a substantial share of America that believes weakness is the way to ensure peace. If we are only weak and passive, nobody will be bad or, 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 or greedy or seek territory or resources. I mean, a view so insane and so at odds with the entirety of human history it's hard to believe anybody holds it much less a substantial you know share of the population there's a giant chunk of well-educated people who believe the world would be better off without the united states presence and the reality is without the united states presence 
what we might see in Ukraine happens all the freaking time all over the place, and nobody can stop it. I think 500 million people would die in the first 18 to 24 months. If, if somehow, for some reason, the United States of America withdrew its might from uh, keeping entropy from enveloping the world, disorder from enveloping the world, you can call it the world's policeman if you want. It's why we have the lifestyles we do. Uh, if that were to suddenly disappear, the deaths would be in the hundreds of millions. Well, this is cheery. We actually said in our pre-show meeting, <laughs> let's, let's really try not to be the most serious radio show in America. I'm not sure we've accomplished that yet. Not going well. <laughs> uh, let's start officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Friday. Come on, it's Friday, people. Friday, February 18th, the year 2022. New you in 22. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's leap into action then, according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go. And Mark. I trust the guy about as far as I can throw the Empire State Building. But one thing I do trust is, is his words. And when he said he's going to do something, he does it. What are we talking about there? Who's that? Talking about what? That's General That's, Keith Kellogg. Uh, talking talking about, about Putin. Vladimir Putin. Not a funny clip, I know. And, and saying that when Putin says he's going to do something, he's, he does it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't quite understand what that must. I must miss the context. Putin just announced a few minutes ago that he is uh, willing to uh, sit down and talk and back and whatever. Oh, so that's shut all crap. Up. That's all crap. So let's just even quit the responding to his crap. All right. Um, how does mailbag look today? Oh, it's good, and we have clips of the week as well. I was, I, I'm not satisfied with the uh, with the beginning of the show. Not set of the the opening clip, Michael. I'm highly dissatisfied. Uh, <laughs> give me 22 instead. No, it's not going to get it. 141.93, and there will be a gold, silver, and a bronze medal in the women's event in Beijing. Thank God. Continue to be shocked. Yes, but Johnny, exactly. Thank goodness for all the other medalists to have that moment. And to have done it cleanly. So, so the 15-year-old Russian girl falls uh, on her fell down. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, slides across the ice, uh, tries to compose herself, uh, bravely finishes her program as a child. Granted, uh, she skates to the side and her handlers, her Russian handlers, practically punch her in the face oh, really? for, for failing the mother country. Well, so is there? Has anybody suggested that she may have fell multiple times as the world's greatest figure skater because of all this controversy and pressure. It's you, absolutely got to be a you, fact. You famously have to concentrate like crazy for that sort of stuff. And, man, there's been yeah. a lot of outside stuff swirling around for a 15-year-old who yeah. Hanson and I were talking about this the other day. She might have no idea. In fact, it's almost certain she has no idea what drugs she's on. I'm the, 100% with you on that. The Russian coaches say take this starting at age eight and you just swallow whatever pills or take whatever you know lotions or whatever they tell you to take you you don't get a choice of what you put in your body 100 percent. she wouldn't have the slightest idea what she's taking or what it's for whether it's banned or anything nope so imagine when she started getting this the 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 whatever uh, to whatever extent she got information about you're banned or cheating or the world thinks you're a cheater that had to be something Oh, my God, I almost made just a great point. I mean, a, an almost brilliant point, but as dark as the ace of spades. Well, I'm glad you, uh, glad you passed. 
for once. It's Friday for crying out loud. I know. I know. <laughs> Are you no. gonna go? Are you gonna go home today after work and sit around and ponder the worst <laughs> things in the world? No, no. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna during the commercials. I'm gonna go to the office. I'm gonna grab the bottle of vodka in the bottom drawer. I'm gonna have a couple of good shots of it and come back with a better sense of humor. The bottle, one of the bottles of vodka. <laughs> um, so we got mailbag next, and our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. Attempt to squeal, squeal, squeeze in a bit of mailbag this segment, or if not now, maybe in the next half hour. A lot of good thoughts and experiences shared by you good folks. Maybe slip a last-minute email in, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Likewise, the freedom-loving quote of the day is moments away. But first, let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. It's the end of our democracy. There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China. Crooks, criminals, you chill. So everybody chill. Yes, you heard that right. They hacked not just Trump Tower, but the White House. No, that's not what I was told. That's not what I was told? If this was not what you were told, then what was? The fact that people had jobs always contributes to increase in inflation, and that's a good thing. So go buy a bunch of avocados and forget you have them. Then throw them all away two days later because they turn into little compost grenades. We don't know precisely how things will play out, but here's what the world can expect to see unfold. First, Russia plans to manufacture a pretext for its attack. And all this information that helps only for panic doesn't help us. Even the mildest inconvenience is transformed into a horrifying world-ending disaster. The Titanic meets Vesuvius plus Y2K. Voters sent a clear message. Parents are really angry and they want someone to basically, uh, they want someone to pay. She had a positive test. We should not have seen the skate and... We are so sorry it's overshadowing your Olympics. Well, whose bright idea was it to put every idiot in the world in touch with every other idiot? (laughs) Yeah. It's working. (laughs) And I do it again! We will champion! There you go. That is the cow for our times. Enraged, bellowing. Breaking news. Oh, no. Russian-backed leader announces evacuation of civilians from breakaway Ukrainian region, raising fears of imminent military action. Yeah, you think? So that's that region that uh, Putin claims should be Russia, and there's a lot of Russians there, and uh, so that might be what happens. Maybe he just takes that chunk, calls it good, but we'll see. Maybe today. You know, if the U.S. was Mexico and Mexico was the U.S., we'd have already had a substantial chunk of the Southwest, quote-unquote, repatriated. Oh, sure. You know, if they had our might yeah. and wanted the territory. Absolutely. This, 
That's the story of humanity. It's the story of history. It's why the whole, we didn't cross the border, the border crossed us, is so just idiotic. Every square inch of land on Earth has been owned by 15 different civilizations, and barring nuclear holocaust, will be owned by 15 more before it's all through. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. I've made a decision, which I will probably forget. The, the Friday quote of the day should be philosophical in nature. Okay. More about s- the freedom of self or a happy life than, you know, just like political freedom. Gotcha. But again, I will probably forget that by this afternoon. So enjoy this one. Well, when you're in set. your cups, no, it's not going to be on your mind. Well, as I said, obviously, the only way to lighten the mood is to get hammered. So let's get started. <laughs> uh, Samuel Taylor Coleridge said this, a writer of the past. I don't know much about him, honestly. Hmm. I'm not that well-read. Mostly comic books in the sports section. Anyway, (laughs) he said this, and I wish somebody had mentioned this to me the day my first child was born. Advice is like snow. The softer it falls, the longer it dwells upon, and the deeper it sinks into the mind. Mm, I thought the louder you said it. And the more repeatedly and angrily you said it. No, softly. Well, that's a good one right there. It dwells upon and sinks deeper into the mind. I think about the advice that, that stuck with me, and it was usually delivered that way. Yeah, that's a good one right there. Hmm? Yeah. Mm. That was philosophical. Too bad Thank you're going to forget that, because that'd be good every Friday. Forget what? Uh, if you miss an hour of the show, you can grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Some people are trying to de-escalate tensions. For example, in neighboring Moldova, a pilot of a passenger plane at Ukraine's border used his flight path to draw the word relax. It's a nice sentiment, but there is a limit to how relaxed I want my pilot to be. Uh, it's your pilot speaking. We've lost both engines, but I am chilling up here in the cockpit. <laughs> Turned off the fasten seatbelt sign because it was harsh in my mellow. We'll have you on the ground in just a couple of seconds. Wave hello to the fire trucks as we skid, flaming by them. Gee, wow. Even the humor is dark. <laughs> we used to call the first hour of the show the Dower Hour. Yeah. I don't know why. And somebody pointed out it's pronounced Dour. Oh, whatever. So I started calling it the doer or <laughs> not not as good a ring to it. Uh, it is. It has been the dower hour. I don't know. The, oh, I'm looking at the pictures of that Russian ice skater falling on her babushka. Yeah, I think I think all the swirling pressure around her got to her. And again, she may have had no idea. It might be complete news. I mean, she may. She, in fact, this is almost certainly true. She thinks she landed the first quad in figure skating history. And then she starts hearing news reports about how she cheats. What would that do to you? That well, she's got to be completely freaked out. You'd be destroyed. Right. You think well, you've accomplished the greatest thing in the history of skating, and everybody's saying, no, you cheated. You took some sort of drug that helps you cheat. And you're saying, I did? Because all you do is take whatever your commie coaches give you. 
Well, right, and then you got this as I'm clicking it and hoping it opens very quickly. That's yes, why she fell. Is. The more I think about it, that's why she's fallen down. It was sure. crushing to her to find out, oh, I'm not the greatest in the world. I didn't accomplish the coolest everything. Everybody's not holding me up as the the model of excellence. They're 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 mad at me. I didn't know that. That's news to me. Wall Street Journal headline, A Disturbing Night of Olympic Figure Skating Exposes the Dark Side of the Rink. Subhead, IOC President Thomas Bach said he was disturbed by Thursday's competition, which featured distraught teenagers vying for Olympic gold under the cloud of doping scandal, and this poor little 15-year-old Russian girl being, again, when she failed, she was greeted with Bitter coldness by her handlers, right? And, like she was subhuman, and oh. she and I would be, I would, I'd bet you a thousand bucks she had no role in that. She had zero say. She didn't even know what was happening. All of these, boy, this I'm going to continue the dour hour. Um, oh no, I blame myself. All of these kids from the totalitarian countries, which is you know half the planet, they should be pitied only. Their lives mm-hmm. have been miserable and are going to be miserable. They're going to be tossed aside as soon as they're too old to do what they're doing, and nobody's going to give a crap about them in their countries. In our country, in the free country, in the good country, we rape all the gymnasts. Oh, boy. Not all of them. And the swimmers. And volleyball players. And the volleyball players. And cover and it up. softball players. And cover it up. Yeah, the whole... Super excellent youth sports machine thing is mm, suspect at best. Yeah, so it's you know Tim Sandifer. We had Tim on, geez, last Olympics or whatever, and he uh he had a pretty dark take on the Olympics. And I thought, ah, it's a little more cynical than I think he's. I think he's closer to right than I have been about the Olympics. There's a lot of child abuse going on in the Olympics. Now, a person could, if they wanted to, get into it and go event by event. Now, like the kids who just love snowboarding and doing the flips and stuff like that and are stoned half the time, I don't think they have bear any resemblance to what we've been talking about. For instance, I think the bobsledders, they seem to just really, really like bobsledding. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, probably the the less... Uh... Probably the less important, if I can use that word, sport mm. it is, the more likely it's uh, clean and fair and people are having good lives around it and it's just a good time. It kind of reminds me, um, we were having a conversation in the newsroom the other day. There's somebody out there that was doing some drawing. And I said, oh, you, you're, you're into art. And that's, uh, yeah. And uh, they pointed out some things they'd drawn and posted around the newsroom, like really good stuff and everything like that. And my first thought, and I'm ashamed of it myself, my first thought was, uh, well, do you do that to make money in any way? Yeah, you got to get a side hustle going. Because we talked about this. New York Times had a great article about this a couple of years ago that we talked about how people need to bring back you know, hobbies, passions for things just for its own sake, just for the enjoyment of being a human who plays the guitar at home on the weekends or draws or you know likes to do woodwork or whatever it is without the idea that you've got to profit from it or it's a waste of time. Right. Amen. And uh, I think that's true with sports to a certain extent, because now uh, friends I have whose kids are good athletes, they get on a track with ass sport, and then that just dominates their lives. Whether mm-hmm. you got into track or baseball, whichever one you got pegged as being good at as, as a youth, and you're probably good at all of them because you're a good 10-year-old athlete. So you're probably good at all of them. But um, you get on one track, that's just the way we seem to do it, and then it's all about how far you can take this college scholarship or whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. We do that with everything. Is that is that a good thing? Is that why no. America is so successful, or is that a bad no. thing? No, 
No, you're, yes. You're, you're declaring the no. The second one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm a reasonable guy. I love sports. I loved being in sports as a kid. I coached sports, etc. Don't put your kid on the single track at a young age. Now, go live your lives. I'm not going to try to convince you. Just think about it. Uh, every single family I know that's got a good athlete in it, they they get on the... And even if it's not just a single sport track, it's the year-around sport track. Oh, you're the athlete. You're the athlete, so you're now on the travel team and all summer long and uh, practices and getting up early all summer, let alone during the school year and everything like that for every sport until you've got so many injuries and you're so sick of the sport, you wish you'd never heard of it. Exactly. Tommy John surgery at age 18. Uh, You know, and I hear people say, well, to get on the elite team, you have to get with the program and stay with the program. Probably true. Which is absolutely true. I just think it's unhealthy. But it kind of gets back to the, you know, that's a tough decision to make for your eight-year-old because you don't want to derail somebody's career if they actually could turn it into something and they want to. But it, it gets back to the whole every hobby having to be, you know, the goal of it profiting from it somehow as opposed right. to just doing it because you enjoy it. wonder mm-hmm. if we can find that balance somehow. I don't know. I remember when we talked about this the first time when that New York Times article came out. Uh, it was pointed out to me, it might have even been in the article, that the word amateur is uh, from the French. It's the same root as amour. It's somebody, which is love. It's somebody who does something for the love of it. And in the English language, it's uh, morphed into amateurish, meaning uh, almost mockably unprofessional, mockably not the elite. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's an amateur. You're right. Yeah. It has become a bad word. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And so I, I think like I think I've gotten better at it since the first time we talked about it. I certainly want my kids to be able to do that. I, I've been like into practicing the piano at night and I have to fight the my mind going to, OK, I, you know, I get to a certain level and then I find two more guys and we start going to coffee shops. And I, no, no, there's or maybe I do that, but there's nothing wrong with this. This is perfectly OK to buy myself. Play the piano badly is perfectly fine mm-hmm. as a human experiment. It's sure. something to do with your time. It doesn't have to be anywhere. It doesn't have to go any further. Or dorking around with other guys if you feel like it, either way. Yeah. But, you know, my kids, uh, I have a couple of kids who are intensely interested in the arts, and uh, I said to them, you know, do what you want to do, fashion your own life. But I told them my experience, when I stopped thinking and working toward being a professional rock and roll musician and started doing it for fun, it took all the pressure off. Hmm. And, and it, it, it made it much more easy to create freely for what it's worth. So, And I also think probably it's, Stops a lot of people from doing more things because you think, well, I've got to get to this end goal of, you know, doing it at a certain level or there's and no point be really, really hard. And that'll right. take a lot of time and everything. So there's no point in like taking a drawing class or. Yeah, you're right. Learning to play the uh, ukulele or whatever. Bagpipes. Ah, fascinating. But really uh, like to play the bagpipes. I hate this is we've talked about this many, many times, the bagpipes, because um, when, when they're played well, they're hard to take. And I've never heard I've never heard in. I, well, I actually don't know. Maybe every bagpipe player I've ever heard is a beginner and terrible. <laughs> and that's not what they're supposed to sound like. The guy who invented the bagpipes would be saying, what the hell was that? <laughs> Maybe that's not what they sound like in the hand. I don't know. But I'm assuming I'm assuming the bagpipe players I've heard have been good at it. I can't imagine what it sounds like in the hands of your uh, 
eleven year old who just got a set and and a kilt and decided that's what they want to do with their musical time. But I saw a guy the other day practicing on a college campus and he had the bag off. He just had the other part and it was basically it was basically silent. And I thought, oh, okay. Uh-huh. So there, there's an op there's an option for that. Not the that part. Yeah, you know. Oh Lord. So good Lord, just please, Michael, I'm begging you make it. Apparently you can sit in the living room with with the bag off and practice the bagpipes and not make everybody who lives in your neighborhood want to kill you. You know, (laughs) I've got to say I've got to say this, then I will uh, speak no more. I have been moved by the playing of the pipes at times oh, at yeah. uh, funerals, no that doubt. sort of thing, no fallen doubt. officers, that sort of thing. Very moving, no very doubt. beautiful, very beautiful. On the other hand, in general, bagpiping is the inverse of the old saying about pizza and sex. <laughs> even even when it's not great, it's pretty good. Bagpipes, even when they're great, are pretty bad. <laughs> And I do apologize to those of you who've invested your life in learning to play that beautiful Scottish amalgamation of a <laughs> sheep gut and a hollowed stick or whatever the hell some old Scotsman came up with as a prank in the year 800. And for some reason, it makes the sound of when you were removing the guts from the sheep. <laughs> some Scotsman who hated his neighbors. I don't show the bastards. So uh, I meant to do this. We'll have to get to it later. Walensky, the lady that runs the CDC, which I think I'm the opposite of a misogynist. I think I give women more slack than I would give men. Well, maybe that's misogyny. In kind yeah, of that's weird condescension. Way. Maybe right? it is. But I, 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 I'm not as quick to like criticize her because you know she seems to, she looks like a nice mom or something like that. I think she's a hack. I think she's just a hack. Do and tell. Robbie Suave of Reason got uh, some uh, tapes from a behind closed door meeting with a bunch of Congress people the other day where she's talking about masking in schools and she's just all over the place. She had nothing to say. She had no good answers being challenged by Republicans and Democrats. She's wow. got nothing. She's a political hack. Maybe we'll Bring get it. to that to kick off hour two, among other things. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I've got a tip for every business in America. And I'm I'm 100% confident that I'm right about this. If your website isn't super usable, anything you do today other than fixing that is a mistake. Hmm. Anything you put ahead of making your website work is a mistake. If people go to your website and can't figure out what your products are, can't find your address or your phone number, or there's no contact information, or it crashes all the time, you should not even open your doors today. You you should say, we'll be open tomorrow, and spend all your time fixing your website. I can't believe how often that happens. People with their, their heart and soul poured into businesses, big and small, and the websites don't work. I have some other uh, economic-related stories, business-related stories in a second, but uh, quick note, perhaps the biggest website 
Amazon.com, yeah, it's a, and this, this is almost a quiz, has said they won't route donations anymore to a certain charity because that charity's finances are so suspect. Here's a hint. Same charity, one of the major charity rating organizations, just said is the worst they've ever seen at financial transparency. Uh, we'll let you guess what that charity is. We'll reveal it next hour. Oh, if wow. you don't get the next hour, grab it via podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Man, that was a good tease. I'm going to stick around because I was going to put in a CD. But uh, I'll listen. You better stay tuned to hear me tell you it's Black Lives Matter. So stay tuned. Oh, boy. Oh, I blew it. Damn it. Really? Damn it. God, bad that's, at this. that's incredible. Oh, yeah. yeah. The organization that rates these sorts of things says it's among the worst they've ever seen. Yep. She said it's absolutely shocking. All of these companies that threw money at the Black Lives Matter website. Yeah. Yeah, and we can elaborate next hour, but uh, again, Amazon.com said, no, we're not routing any more money there. Okay, suckers, with your, like you're an 11-year-old, emotional <laughs> virtue signaling, throwing around money. Now, in the case of some of the corporations, and I'm getting off track here, uh, they were just trying to make money. Let's see, we got to be sure we look like we're down with the peeps, because the peeps will buy a lot of our stuff. How do we hmm. do that? We give all sorts of money to you Black Lives Matter. It saves money on commercials. That's a cynical view, but there might be, I'm not saying Nike did this, but a company like Nike or somebody, they, they, they might tell you, look, if they took the money we sent them and burnt it, we still came out ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I will say that out loud. That's precisely what happened. Now, there are maybe some in uh, the ivory tower there in Beaverton, Oregon, or wherever that uh, believe all that stuff. But, uh, you know, if it was merely cynical, it was probably a pretty good move, marketing-wise. Anyway, uh, everything needs to have a quick... Oh, Michael, do you have that theme music we used for Joe Getty's Turbulent Tech? (laughs) (laughs) Joe Getty's Turbulent Tech. (laughs) Welcome to Joe Getty's Dollars and Cents, but spelled S-E-N-S-E. Because I do love cliches. That's good stuff. <laughs> anyway, apparently everything needs a clever name these days. The Washington Post. What? In cable news, certainly. All right. Yeah, certainly. Uh, the Washington Post with an article, The Return of Revenge Travel. Revenge Travel, they're calling it. <sighs> okay, what I, is that? I know. <laughs> I've exhausted it. I'm already. tired before you even tell me. I know. It's just that people haven't been able to travel as much as they would have liked to. They have trips that were booked and postponed and postponed. Sure. And everyone, they're not sure if everyone on the planet is in that circumstance. Exactly. And there might be another variant coming down the line. So they're quickly booking things and doing things right now. And for some reason, somebody decided <laughs> to call it revenge travel. Revenge against what? <laughs> I know, uh, the, the, the vid? Life? Vid policies? The lockdown? Fate? God? I don't know. <laughs> They're they're controlling mother. I don't know. Uh, do we have that theme music? Revenge yet, Michael? travel. What, you, so, what is it in your car trunk or what? I don't know. Again, we 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 need to buy a new computer or something. We have a system I, where you can't look up Joe's tech whatever and play it. I I I will pay for it personally. Anyway, moving along. Imagine. You've reached the point in your life financially, and this is mostly for the fellas. You got the money to buy a Porsche or a, or a really zipped up Audi, maybe, maybe even a Lamborghini, right? You lay down the down payment or you have to pay for it, you know, in advance, which happens in some of these cars in toto, six figures, right? 
It turns out your uh, your Lamborghini and or Porsche or whatever is uh, floating in the ocean on fire right now. A gigantic container ship filled with the aforementioned automobiles is on fire, floating uh, in the uh, in the Atlantic off of Portugal. I guess um, that's why you got to buy American. And uh, and uh, so which, not, so your car doesn't end up floating in a uh, on fire boat. And then listen to this statement. I love this statement from uh, Volkswagen, which is the parent company of all of those brands, actually. It's one of the biggest car makers on earth. Our immediate thoughts are of relief that the 22 cru- Oh, I'm sorry. This is from uh, VW Porsche. Our immediate thoughts are relief that the 22 members of the merchant ship crew of the Felicity Ace are safe and well, they said. Oh, yeah. The Volkswagen you know, office building in, in Germany. That's what they're worried about. Tell me, is the crew okay? <laughs> As all their Porsches burn. Oh, jeez. And then the statement went on to say, anyone concerned by this incident, the implications on the car they've ordered, should contact their local Porsche dealer. <laughs> As, as a whole uh, a boatload full of six-figure cars uh, burn up. Exactly. And then this, very briefly, I have a couple of friends who are in the midst of building houses during these crazy, crazy times. It seems nuts, but they wanted to. Uh, the headline is four bed, three bath, no garage door. The unlikely woes holding up home building. It is so hard to get materials from time yeah. to time. You literally have a boarded up garage door, even though the rest of your house is done. Well, I've been waiting three months to get parts to get my car fixed. Supply chain stuff, man. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. What Walensky says behind closed doors about masking. Armstrong and Getty.